Good morning, church. Good morning. You know, it's, it's really a wonderful morning. You know, when you have uh, open your, turn on your headphones and turn to Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 and 3. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 and 3. And last week, I, I, I touched a bit on repentance. Alright, repentance. And, and we are going through this, this whole thing called Foundation Truth. It comes from Hebrews 6, verse 1 to 3 and says, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. And that is where what we are going to look in today. We are going to look into faith toward God. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you that God, we can gather and just dive into your presence and dive into your word. So Father, we pray that God today speak to each and every one of us that God open our hearts, open our minds and open our ears that God, we want to receive from you today in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, worship team. Amen. Alright, you know, there was this one guy who, who went climbing, right? This one guy who, who went climbing, he went up the mountain, and, and, and this guy loves climbing. He's, he's very experienced. You know, he, 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 he went up the mountain, he, he liked climbing, and, and he, he, he reached this, like, what do you call it? Like, uh, a 90 degrees vertical uh, upwards. And he was climbing, climbing, climbing all the way to the top. And then he slipped and he fell. And all he could catch was this rock that was protruding out. And as he was holding on to this rock for dear life, this guy, not Justin, cried out, Anyone there, please save me! And he was crying out and crying out and crying out. And after a while, there was this voice that came from up above. If you have faith in me, let go. And this guy who's, who's there holding onto the rock is like, is there anyone else up there? Can you please? And the, the voice was like, please, if you have faith in me, let go. And this guy's like, can I see your manager? <laughs> you see, a lot of us to faith, right? It seems something like that. Like we are holding on to that, that last piece of stability, that last piece of thing that we have, that we know as our security in our life, that one last rock before we hit rock bottom. And we feel as if that sometimes as Christians, when we are asked to have faith in God or have to have faith, it seems as if we are asked, being asked to jump off a cliff or we're being asked to like, yeah, just let go and fall. And maybe, maybe you won't die. Ever have friends that are like, oh, you know, I'm going through a tough time, going through this and through this. And then your friend's like, don't worry, have faith. Be blessed. Thoughts and prayers with you. Bye-bye. I've had people like that. Have faith. Don't worry. Have faith. Then move on to the next conversation. I'm like, we're not done with this conversation. The problem is still there. What do you mean have faith? You see, have faith is such a common word that we use, especially in church. You see, but to a lot of us, sometimes it seems like this mysterious concept that is very hard for us to see and very hard for us to envision. 
Because all we need is like, when we, when we need to have faith, it's like, let go. And you ask people, and the, the few weeks before this, I've actually talked to people and I asked, what is faith to you? Number one answer, faith is the substance of things hoped for and evidence of things unseen. It's like, what's this answer? Oh, check textbook right behind. <laughs> and when I ask, but what is faith to you? It's the substance of things hoped for and evidence of things unseen. So today, let's look, go a bit into faith. You know, turn to Mark 11. Mark 11, and you can leave your, your Bibles um, in Mark. We, we are just going to stay in Mark. Whatever else, whatever Bible uh, scriptures I have is going to be on the screen. So just, we're just going to spend a bit of time uh, just reading through Mark. Mark 11, uh, verse 12 to 14, and then we're going to jump for, to 20 to 24, all right? Now the next day, when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing from afar, okay, let's, before, I, before I go on, he was hungry. He was referring to Jesus. So Jesus was hungry. When Jesus is hungry, you need to take note of the scripture. It's important. Verse 13, And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he could find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For it was not the season for figs. And verse 14, In response, Jesus said to it, Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. Wow! It's like you go to a restaurant, right? The restaurant says, Sorry, we are out of stock. Let no one ever eat food from you ever again. Yeah, that was what Jesus did. And, and verse 14, at the end of it, His disciples heard it. Let's jump to verse 20. And verse 20, Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Verse 21, And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you curse has withered away. And verse 22, Here's where Jesus suddenly shifts the discussion from being hungry and trees dying and said this, So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Verse 22, Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. Have faith in God. And this, this verse, you see, Jesus saying have faith in God, and this, 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 word, uh, this word faith, when you translate it, 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 it can also mean have a God kind of faith. Have a God kind of faith. And let's unpack this word faith for a bit. What is faith to you? You see, how does the faith of God work? So how does it operate? See, faith is not positive thinking. Faith is not a motivational quote that you receive in your WhatsApp family messages. Faith is not confidence. 
And get this. Faith is not hope. You see, hope believes that something will happen in the future. But get this. Faith believes that something has been done now and is in the process. Hope dwells in the realm of your mind, but faith is anchored in the realm of your heart. Romans 10.10, 10, the Amplified Version says that, for with the heart, a person believes. So, when you talk about belief, so when we believe, do we have doubt? Go back to verse 23 in Mark. For assuredly, I say to you, right after he says, have faith in God, he continues on and says this, For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. We all love this scripture. Any mountain you have, be removed, cast into the sea. Be removed, cast into the sea. Alright? But we always stop there. You notice all the time when we receive those motivational pictures, it always just says be removed and be cast into the sea and then it's full stop. It does not end there. The Bible verse goes to say, and does not doubt where? In his heart. The Bible says, does not doubt in his heart. You see, it is not from our thinking about what comes from your heart. You see, in Romans it says that it is from your heart that you believe. It is in your heart where your belief system resides. It is from your heart that faith has to be anchored into. You see, doubt will mess with your mind. But faith will strengthen your heart. You getting this? You see, in your mind, I've, I think I've talked about this before, in your mind will come information and will come facts. But in your heart, it will be revelation. In your mind, it will be logos. But in your heart, it is the revelation of the Word of God, the rema, what God has spoken to you and what you truly capture. Because what is rema and what is revelation to you will become your belief because it's out of your heart. So faith has to be a belief that is anchored in your heart. And get this, as long as Doubt does not go from your mind to your heart. As long as doubt does not go from looking at how things are happening, the facts that it actually is, that medical report, the job performance, the sales performance, that relationship problem, as long as that doubt does not go from your mind, and travel this journey down into your heart and take root and become your belief, then faith will always be able to stand because you, your faith will be in your heart. What is in your heart will be your belief and what is your belief will be shown in the way that you live. What happens when doubt travels from your mind and take roots in your heart? It starts sharing a space with faith. And what does it happen when you have two there? You become double-minded. James 1, verse 6 to 8. But let him ask in faith with no 
doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. That's why we can have faith without doubting. Because doubt exists in our mind and we don't let it travel to our heart as long as it doesn't become the lens that we look at, like what Pastor shared. As long as it doesn't become our belief, it's fine. When you have faith, it doesn't mean that you need to be 100% all in. That you might have like, wow, you know, you might have thoughts. It's like, wow, maybe this will happen. And this way. Guys, do you know that it's natural for us to sometimes think, think, think of negative things? But it's not natural for us to build a house and stay in that position. It is only it's God's call for us to slowly renew our minds and so that that doubt doesn't get into our heart. For us, is to continuously be anchored in our hearts and anchored in our faith. So if you are struggling at times, and, wow, God, sometimes it's really hard. I still have these doubts in my mind. Guys, it's fine as long as you don't allow those doubts to become that truth. You don't, don't allow that doubt to become your revelation. You don't live by the, those doubts. You get where I'm going. Faith and doubt can exist, but faith can only exist in your heart. Just give space to faith in your heart. How many of us have allowed fear and doubt to govern the way we live instead of faith? How many of us have allowed fear and doubt to govern the way we live instead of faith? Turn to your neighbor and say, have faith. Turn to your other neighbor and say, have faith. You know, in the Bible, there's this story of the 12 spies as they reach the promised land and they, send, it was, they were sent into the promised land. And it's like these 12 spies came back out and only two said that, hey, we can take the, the land. And the other 10 was like, no, it's not going to happen. And we know that that whole generation wandered around in the wilderness for 40 years. But in Numbers 14, just one chapter after, they went, after the spies went into the promised land, Numbers 14 verse 24, look at what the Bible says. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me, wholeheartedly I bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. Joshua and Caleb could see something that the rest of the ten spies did not see. Go back to Mark. Look at Mark. Jesus was hungry. He went to the fig trees. He went to the fig tree. Jesus cursed the tree. And what was the, the end of that, um, that particular uh, verse 14? Look at the last line of it. And the, his disciples heard it. And his disciples heard it. So the disciples knew that Jesus has actually cursed the tree. But lo and behold, in verse 20, in the next day, when they, as they were walking out, look at Peter's response. He was surprised. He was like, look, Rabbi, you cursed the tree and the tree we did. I mean... He's, this guy has been with Jesus for 
for, 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 for almost the entire length of his ministry because this was towards the end of Jesus' time on earth. And this guy was still amazed that when Jesus spoke, something happened. The disciples heard, but they couldn't see until they actually saw it happen. They were still amazed and surprised. The disciples actually had to see it to believe that it happened. They only believed when they could see it. And how many of us were living a life like that? That we know the truth and promises of God we come and we declare, we come and we sing the songs and we come and listen to the sermons, but we only see it when we believe it. Because faith to us sometimes is just like a stopgap, something that we say. But we truly only really believe when we see something move. Faith is seeing, seeing spiritually what people cannot see naturally. Faith is seeing spiritually what people cannot see naturally. And we are called to live by that. That's why faith in our hearts, our belief, the way that we live, the Bible says that we will walk by faith and not by sight. In the NLT versions, it says this, that for we live by believing and not by seeing. So are we allowing things to go through our minds and letting logic and reason and facts dictate our life or rather putting this logic and reason and facts, putting it into our mind but running it through our heart, running through a perspective and a lens of faith? We deal more in the unknowns that we can think of than the known sure promises of God in our hearts. We love to dwell in the unknowns. We love to dwell in what can happen. I love to dwell in what can happen. But we are not supposed to live by that. We are to live by faith. How many of us use faith merely as a tool to get what we want? How many of us, we are just using faith for just getting? You want that job? Have faith. You want that relationship? Come on, believe, fast and pray. Have faith. I've gotten that many times. You want to do well in ministry? Come on, have faith that God can help anoint you, empower you. It's not wrong, but you see... You see where the problem is or not? We're using faith, right, to get what we want. We're using faith, uh, just like, you know, you want to log into something, you type in the password, you type admin. Password, faith. And then you get access to what you want. You get access to that bank account. You get access to your spiritual and financial breakthrough. But we're so fixated on the end product. Have faith been really what we made it out to be? To be this thing where we just try and get. Faith is not about the end product. Faith is about this process that God is bringing you through. And faith is not about getting something later. 
Faith is about getting something now. Look at what Jesus said. Let's go back to Mark. Be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things he say will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, take note of this, whatever things you ask when you pray, whatever things that you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Do you know what you're reading or not? That when you pray and you believe, you receive. Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive. You see, the receive means now. That receive means it is in the now. See, faith is in the now. It does something now. It's not just a stopgap. It's not just a bridge from now to your breakthrough. The breakthrough is not in the breakthrough. The breakthrough is the moment you tell God that God, I have faith. See, these words that we just read, these words in your Bible, if it highlights Jesus' words, it's completely in red. Alright? This is Jesus' own words. And what he says is this, when you ask the things and when you pray, during when you pray, the things that you ask when you pray, believe. So, first, what's the first thing? Believe in your heart. That when you believe in your heart, you will receive them. So at the point of you believing, at the point of you praying and asking for what you want, that is the point that you would have already received. Not when the breakthrough comes. Not when the healing comes. You see, the moment you pray for healing, the breakthrough is not when the healing manifests, but it's at the point where you put your faith in God and say that healing has taken place. Although in the natural, nothing has happened yet. But in the spiritual, the whole, the whole truth has been turned upside down because you have brought God into the picture. You have pushed doubt out of your heart and you say that, God, I'm going to live by faith and not by sight. That is what faith does. That's why now, when you say that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen, it is because that right now, right here, when you pray and you ask and you believe and you receive, the substance, the evidence is here. It's right here in your heart. That's why faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. Faith enables you to bring that reality that is to come, that reality that is in the future to the present. Faith is an acknowledgement of who God is in our lives. Faith declares the position that He holds in our life. Get this. this when we read Hebrews 6, because we're, we're looking at foundation truth, right? 
and we read there is some repentance from dead works. The next one after that is not just faith. That's why it's not just faith, it's faith toward God. We don't have faith in faith. It's not just a word, right? It's not just faith in our abilities, faith in ourselves, faith in the church, faith in our pastors, faith in our CG leaders, faith in our bosses, faith in our companies. No, it's faith towards God. We always say, have faith, have faith, have faith. But have faith in what? We always just push the word faith. But here, in Hebrews, Paul is specifically writing out and says that this is foundational belief. This is basic belief that every Christian should know and should build in order to mature. Faith toward God. Do we really have faith in our lives? Or is just faith for show? Go back to Mark. Remember, in verse 14, was it? That when Jesus was hungry, remember that, that, that key point? Jesus was hungry and he went to that fig tree. And that fig tree had leaves, but it was not in season. Okay, can I have that, that, that picture? So this is a fig tree. Okay, this is a rather small fig tree, but it's okay. <laughs> this is a fig tree. And this is a fig tree when it's not in season. If a fig tree is in season, if a fig tree is supposed to bear fruits, it will have leaves all around. Alright? You get where I'm going? You see, fig tree, fig trees, in scientific, very atas terms, is called a deciduous plant. A deciduous plant. Or it basically means that the plant will hibernate that in seasons, it will shed all its leaves, all right? it will shut down, it will go into sleep mode, and it will just be there. And when the season comes back again, it will grow its leaves, it will grow, and it will bear fruit. So deciduous plants, if you Google it, and literally, I just Google it, and the, the, the meaning is on the right side. It says, tending to fall off, or falling off, at maturity. Okay? Tending to fall off or falling off at maturity. Now, follow through with me. Let's go back to Mark. We read in Mark, in verse 14, 15, 16, that it was not the season for figs. But yet, the fig tree had leaves on it. See, the fig tree had an appearance, had the leaves, but there were no fruits on it. You get where I'm going? The fig tree, even though it's not in season, it's totally alright for that fig tree to look like what was on this now, with no trees, completely naked. Alright? Without any leaves. But it had leaves, but it did not have fruit. Church, are we like that fig tree? Do we just have that leaves on the outside? Do we have just, just those leaves on the outside to make it seem as if we have something inside, but it's merely just ornaments? Do we have just the appearance of faith 
as we come to Harvest Gen every Sunday and lift up our hands? Do we just have the appearance of faith when we go through something and you tell people, yeah, I'm going to have faith in God, but deep inside, you're totally not. Do we just have the appearance of faith, but inside, we have nothing? Do we have just the appearance of faith, but deep inside, we're relying on our own efforts? Do we just have an appearance of faith, but deep inside, our hearts is just filled with doubt? Do we pretend to have faith, but yet not trust that God will bring us through? And I think the bigger lesson that Jesus was trying to teach was this. What's a deceitous plan? Tending to fall off. Falling off at maturity. Do we as Christians, and especially those who have been in church for a long time, do we fall off at maturity thinking that we have made it? thinking that we can put the way that we do church and the way that we live our lives using our own effort and we no longer need to put our faith in God. Because that is what a deciduous plant does. And that was what that fig tree was doing. That it was mature and it was supposed to shed its leaves, but it did not. It pretended to still have fruit. It was not in season, but it held on to its leaves. It held on to the appearance of what it was supposed to have. You see, in Mark, what we read just now, verse 14, verse, four, verse, 12, sorry, verse 12 to 14 is, is one part, and then verse 20 to 24 is another part. Look at that part of Scripture that we skipped. That whole passage is the infamous scene where Jesus went into the temple, saw people desecrating His temple, people selling stuff, selling doves, and He overturned the tables. Y'all would have known that this, this was like that one time where Jesus really flipped table. <laughs> You get it? He was hungry. Then he went to the temple. Then he flipped table. <laughs> That's not the lesson here. He started off with that fig tree with the leaves that were never supposed to be there. And, he's the last, and what he was saying that you have an appearance but you don't have the faith. He went into the temple and this was in Jerusalem. This was the epicenter of religion. The epicenter of all religious people coming into that town. And he went into the temple and he saw these people desecrating, these people selling things, these people doing things that were not in accordance. He literally called them a den of thieves. They were people on the outside with an appearance of faith. But on the inside, there was nothing. 
literally Jesus flipped table and said, this is a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. And after that, the next morning, as they were walking out, only then did the disciples get it. Because they were amazed at the tree that had withered away. And Jesus goes on to say, have faith in God. Have faith in God. The disciples were people who were closest to him, but yet they did not get that message. John 5 verse 44. This is the voice version. That's why it is hard to see how true faith is even possible for you. You are consumed by the approval of other men, longing to look good in their eyes, and yet you disregard the approval of the one true I'm going to end here today and I will say this. We've learned that faith is anchored in our hearts. That our hearts has to be wholeheartedly for God. Wholeheartedly put our faith in God. And this last point which I'm trying to push through is that God is saying, don't just have an appearance of faith. You see, in that temple where he went in and he overturned the tables, there was this one verse where, she say, where, he, where he says that this is a house of prayer and you have turned it into a den of thieves. It's our appearance of faith. Purely just us waiting, wanting to steal and lie our way through hoping that no one notices. Hoping to steal a blessing or two, hoping to steal a breakthrough or two, when inside we are nothing. Or are we consecrated wholeheartedly in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving for what we have already received? See, faith towards God, it's not rocket science. It's not some mysterious spiritual mumbo-jumbo. It's not just a word that we throw out because we've got nothing else to say. Faith cannot just stand alone. That's why it's faith toward God. Now you understand why faith has to take that seat in our hearts because... It is only when our hearts is wholeheartedly given to God that we fully and truly understand the meaning of faith. That we fully and truly know that God, I cannot see what's going to happen and I cannot see my breakthrough. But right now, here, I've already received that which I have asked. I have already received that which I have prayed. Come what may, I'm going to put my trust in you. 
not waiting to see if the breakthrough happens. Because you have already received it. You don't need to wait for the end product to happen because you have already received it. The Bible says if you believe, you receive. Our faith is not connected to a religious set of rules. It's not connected to ceremonies. It's not connected to how many times and how many days must you fast and pray before your faith can grow from a small mustard seed into something else. It's not. Faith has to be connected to God. Faith toward God. That's why it's the author and the perfecter of our faith. The author and the perfecter of our faith. You know, I my, my notes are empty. Like I, I'm already I'm already here already. I, I have nothing else to say. But I feel that someone needs to hear this, so I'm just gonna share it. I, I didn't plan this. You know, in the past three, four months, in the past three, four months, my mind and my mind has just been in overdrive. It's probably been one of the toughest seasons that I've, that I've been through. And it's not just because like, I'm going through a bad time. This is somehow I feel that it's self-inflicted. <laughs> it's my mind running on overdrive, thinking of things that can go wrong, thinking of the worst things that can happen possibly. And my personality, you can ask pastor, you can ask, you know, the, the rest of those who, who work with me, those on team, you know that I naturally have this tendency to think of all the things that can go wrong. And I still do. I'm working on it. Jesus, help me. And these past few months has been tough because it's just the doubts of whether I'm enough or whether God can provide and this and that and this and that and it's so overwhelming. And let me tell you today that I still struggle with it. That as recent as two nights ago after CG, I, I feel like sometimes it's just, wow, I'm not enough. What am I doing here? It's like, I want to trust in God, but God, you are not doing anything. I cannot even see anything moving. Like, what's wrong with you? I was watching another pastor preach, and he said this, a lot of times our prayers don't start with, dearest Heavenly Father. We only start with that uh, when we pray for food. Every time, usually in our quiet time, we start, God! God! Hey, are you there? And the pastor says this, yeah, we don't, we don't all end with, oh, in Jesus' name, amen. We always end with, God, I don't know. Lah. You t- or you just, then you just fall asleep. <laughs> you cry yourself to sleep. Maybe some of you, you are not struggling with this. But the reason why I'm sharing, because I'm telling you today that I don't see my breakthrough coming. 
anytime soon. But I know that God is doing something in me. And I know that each time and each day, it's, it's, it's this process of me learning to put my faith in God. That every time I get thoughts and I get things, I learn to declare and trust that God, you are my everything. That God, you are the author and the perfecter of my faith. That my faith might seem small, but God, you are enough. Do I still struggle? Do I still have sleepless nights? Or do I sometimes just sleep to try and forget about the problem? Yes, I still do. But it doesn't mean that I don't see the victory. Because I pray and I believe that I have it. I pray and I believe that whatever I'm praying for, that breakthrough is already here. I don't need to see the end. So for those of you who are struggling, get this concept right. Let the doubt stay in your mind, but let faith arise in your heart. Let the struggles and the tears fall, but let it stay in your mind. Don't allow it to become the way that you live. Wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly, just like what the Bible says, Caleb wholeheartedly put our trust in God. That's what faith is. And for, for those of you who you believe, you know, you want to see that, that, that breakthrough come, you want to see that, 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 that healing come, pray and ask and believe and right there and then, you will receive. We just... Let's just pray a bit. Just flow around in the Spirit. Because I feel that God is ministering to some of you today that you've been struggling with this thing for quite a fair bit. You've been unable to see that light at the end of the tunnel. And God is saying, I see your every tear and I see every hurt in your heart. And God is saying, I see how tough it is to put sometimes that trust and that faith in me. But God is saying, do not lose heart. It's the author and the perfecter of your faith. And God is saying today, surrender to Him. Trust in Him. Father, we declare that God, today we put our hearts wholeheartedly, we put our faith in you, O oh God. We lift our hands and we lift our hearts that God, we surrender every situation, we surrender every illness, every disease, every financial insufficiency, every confidence issue, every image problem, that God, that those things that we seek for a breakthrough, that God, we surrender and we trust in You. That God, today we declare that God, our breakthrough is not just in the future. Our breakthrough is not years away. But God, we declare that our breakthrough is here and now. That God, in our hearts, let faith arise. 
Let it be a faith that doesn't need to be stirred up. Let it be a faith that each day when we wake up and we walk, the just shall live by faith and not by sight. Help us to see the things which you are doing in our hearts, O oh God. And Father, we pray that, God, we will not be held back by doubt. But God, wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly, we put our trust in you. Father God, help us with our struggles. Help us with the pain and the tears. But God, in spite of, in spite of, help us to stand firm. Hey God, help us to learn to hold on to you. Not to hold on to the things that we have, not to hold on to our efforts, not to hold on to worldly things, but God, to hold on to you. So Father, build our faith. And our faith towards you, O oh God. So Father, commit these things into your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 <laughs> there will be rivers in the desert. He will make a way. <laughs> Let's declare the benediction. The love of the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the sweet, sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Father, be with us. And God, we pray that God, even as we leave this place, we surrender our hearts to you. Fill it up with your love, with your joy. God, fill it up with that faith towards you, O oh God. So Holy Spirit, continue to lead us and guide us. We commit everything to you. We declare that you are King and Lord over our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give God praise one last time. This sermon has been brought to you by Harvest Generation Church. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged.